You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. In the late 1930s and throughout the 1940s, Britain and other nations involved in World War II underwent substantial changes to female fashion trends. There were a number of reasons for this, including a change in the role of women in the world of work, rationing, and difficulties in importing materials, amongst other things. This podcast is going to explore how and why World War II impacted British women's fashion. Fashion has always been ever-changing. It changes with different styles or fads because people like fashion designers, celebrities, and fashion icons start new trends. This is then spread by the media and social media in recent years and infiltrates popular culture. Yet different fashion styles are also a product of the changing social, political, economic and emotional climates that we live in. The changing fashion styles during World War II are a good example of this. During World War II, utility clothing and uniforms became the dominant style for both women and men. Utility clothing came in a limited range of garments, styles and fabrics, and could be bought with ration coupons. The usual utility fashions included simple lines and basic colours. The clothing was made out of durable and comfortable materials that were not expensive to manufacture or assemble. It was also a lot cheaper than previous clothing and was pushed by the government when they introduced the 1942 Utility Clothing Scheme. From autumn 1941, it became compulsory for all utility clothes to be marked with CC41, clearly marking that the item met with the government's austerity regulations. The distinctive logo stood for Civilian Clothing 1941. The utility clothing scheme also set a maximum price for clothes and guaranteed the quality of the clothing. This was important as many people were struggling to afford clothes during the war, especially those who had growing children. Although utility clothing was designed to be practical and affordable, it was not designed without any thought of beauty. While some thought that utility clothing meant that everyone had to dress the same, the government tried to show that the Board of Trade had no wish to adopt the role of fashion dictator. To this end, they brought in leading fashion designers and created the Incorporated Society of London Fashion Designers to design a range of utility clothing that was varied and stylish, Fashion historian Jane Shrimpton writes in Fashion in the 1940s, the utility clothing initiative might never have succeeded had the government not taken the inspired decision to involve London's leading couturiers in the design of utility clothing. So while the look of utility clothing might have been simple, it had the prestige of being designed by London's leading designers. Utility clothing also received many favourable reports, despite some initial hesitation, and celebrity endorsement was used to promote the range, even in the midst of a war. For example, in the March 1942 edition of Picture Post, actress Deborah Kerr was modelling utility clothing. Alongside utility clothing, there were some unique opportunities for fashion during World War II, such as styling for gas masks and special suits for air raids. When war broke out in September 1939, over 40 million gas masks had been distributed in Britain, and civilians were encouraged to carry them at all times. Usually they were issued with a cardboard box which had a string threaded through it to carry like a bag. However, a more attractive solution was developed. 
where handbags had a specially produced compartment added for a gas mask, making carrying one much more stylish. Another fashion innovation developed was the wearing of white clothing at night, due to the blackouts enforced in Britain. All lights were extinguished at night time because of the fear of German bombers flying overhead on an almost nightly basis, so civilians were encouraged to wear white clothing for road safety during the night time. In response, a range of luminous accessories, from pin-on flowers to handbags, and to glow-in-the-dark buttons, were produced to make their wearers more visible. Another innovation was the all-in-one siren suit that could be pulled over pyjamas if an air raid siren went off. Not only were they practical, but they were also stylish. Some of the female ones had puffed shoulders, a fitted hood and decorations. They also had practical panels on the rear, so the wearer could go to the toilet without removing the suit. Even Winston Churchill had his own velvet siren suit. In addition, despite the blandness of utility clothing, fashion did not completely die during the war. Women still cared about what they looked like, and there were some unrestricted luxuries that were allowed, like hats. Let's get back to the less unique and fun fashion trend of utility clothing. The main reason utility clothing was so popular was because it was affordable. This was crucial in wartime Britain due to the economic hardships Britain had been dealing with since the First World War, including the impact of the Great Depression from 1929 to 1933. Most families were single-parent homes during the war as their men were away fighting, meaning it was even more difficult financially for these families. The cost of making utility clothing was greatly reduced because it was made out of durable materials with simple colours and patterns that were not expensive to manufacture or assemble. This meant that poorer families did not have to worry about clothes wearing out more quickly just because they were cheaper, and clothes cost less for all families involved. Almost anyone could afford to buy utility clothing as it was capped at a certain price and could be bought with ration coupons. While most people think rationing only extended to food, clothing was an important and at times scarce resource that was controlled through rationing. Clothing was rationed in Britain from June 1941 to 1949, and during this period, ration books were distributed to the government to each family. Children also received more clothing rations than adults as they outgrew their clothes quicker. Utility clothing was probably the most popular form of clothing purchased with ration cards for all members of the family. Of course, of course, not all women and girls could afford to exist in just the clothing from ration books. Some families were large and children outgrew their clothes very quickly. There simply were not always enough ration cards, even with the extra allotted to children, to keep families clothed and comfortable. This caused many mothers on the home front to have to make do with older clothing that they refashioned into new outfits for both themselves and their children. The make-do-and-mend approach became a nationwide motto as a result. Girls might be wearing a simple dress made from curtains, or young women might wear a dress to her office job that she'd sewn with extra fabric in order to make it fit her, or a blouse created out of her husband or brother's old shirt. This attitude of making do and mending was promoted all over Britain as a way for women at home to help with the war effort, even if they were not in a war job. There were also limitations on the amount of material that they could use to make clothes during World War II. Hems were often shortened to save fabric, and things like pockets were left out of suit jackets because they required too much extra fabric. Decorative items were also not allowed, so things like frills and bows had to go. 
although there were some exceptions with children's clothing for those who could afford it. Another key reason for the popularity of utility clothing was the changing role of women in the workplace during World War II. With the majority of working men being conscripted to war, women had to step into different roles to keep the economy going and support the war effort. Women had mostly worked in private spheres previously, but both world wars saw them stepping out of the shadows and taking on essential roles in industry and in jobs related to the war effort. This included jobs that were traditionally exclusively male jobs and were considered highly skilled. For example, working in factories producing munitions, building ships and aeroplanes, working in the auxiliary services as air raid wardens, fire officers and evacuation officers, as well as working as drivers of fire engines, trains and trams, conductors and becoming trained nurses. Women also farmed and produced food for the nation. The jobs that women did during World War II were essential, yet very different to the jobs they had previously been doing. This, this necessitated a change in the clothing they wore, as much of it was simply not suitable to the new jobs they were doing. Female fashion thus changed to become more practical and professional to fit with the new types of jobs women were performing. Women needed to have clothing that was more comfortable, practical and durable, so they could perform their jobs well and in many different conditions. For example, there was little point in wearing a nice dress to a munitions factory where they would be required to do manual labour. A woman wouldn't be able to move freely in her work and might stain her dress with oil. Designers recognised this and began creating styles through utility clothing that imitated more masculine shapes, such as female suits and trousers, so women could operate in the workplace efficiently and still look professional. Skirts, of course, were still part of a uniform for the working woman, and trousers had yet to become as popular for women in the working world as they later would, yet progress towards more comfortable, streamlined work clothing was being made for women. Women's wardrobes were adapted to include slacks, warm clothes and coats, and washable frocks to suit their wartime activities. This also saved dry cleaning chemicals, time and money. One group that felt the particular importance of practical and durable clothing for women were those in the military. Many American nurses recalled their struggles with having to wear uncomfortable, stiff, impractical uniforms of skirts and stockings on the job, even in unforgiving hot and dusty climates. Women in the military, whether serving as secretaries, nurses or ambulance drivers, were in most need of more styles of clothing that supported their work. Their outfits had to be uniform and most women in the military had to dress according to military protocol, so were provided with outfits for this purpose. Utility clothing was created en masse for women and men in the military, including outfits with and without skirts. Wool was the most common fabric used to make military uniforms in any branch of service and for all genders and jobs. The aesthetic of military uniforms also bled into normal clothing and it's easy to see where the inspiration for certain pieces of clothing lies, both in colours and in style. While affordability and practicality were the two main reasons for the popularity of utility fashion, there were other key reasons. The war effort meant that many goods were redirected to the front line for use for troops, and this included fabric. The British government encouraged civilians to make sacrifices of everyday comforts in order to fund and support military activities. In 1942 and 1943, the Board of Trade introduced the making up of civilian clothing restriction orders to make further savings of labour, materials and minimise manufacturing costs. 
These were known as austerity regulations and applied to both utility and non-utility clothing. The new laws are estimated to have saved approximately 5 million square metres of cotton every year during the war. Utility ensembles used less fabric to undye than regular pre-war fashions, as the extra material that could have been used in the clothing to make it more luxurious or more decorative was needed to make clothing, parachutes and other supplies for the military. Supplying clothing for soldiers in particular was a priority on the British home front, and wool was prioritised for making warm military uniforms. However, textiles like silk became scarce because it was also used by the military for parachutes and even gunpowder bags. There were also difficulties in getting certain types of cloth that usually came from other European countries as imports. German submarine attacks wreaked havoc on merchant vessels and many succeeded in blocking shipments to Britain. The same thing happened in the United States when they declared war on Japan and immediately experienced difficulty in obtaining silk. World War II did fundamentally, at least for a time, change British female fashion. The war, despite restrictions, did not put an end to creative designs, commercial opportunism or fashionable trends on the British home front. Instead, fashions changed from elaborate and more traditional feminine clothing to simpler and more masculine shapes of utility clothing, which represented the impact of wartime rationing and hardships. They also demonstrated a fundamental shift in gender roles. The war ended in 1945, but life did not immediately go back to normal, and that included the fashion world. Clothes rationing in Britain stayed in place until 1949, and even after this date, there remained shortages of materials in Britain. However, the simplicity and practicality of utility clothing quickly lost its appeal. Christian Dior launched a new look in February 1947, which became a defining post-war style. This new trend showed once again how fashion could not only be influenced by fashion icons, but also by changing social, political, economic and emotional climates as well. In our upcoming exhibition, What We Wear, British Girls Fashion, we'll explore the ins and outs of British girls' fashion and include more information on fashion during the First and Second World War periods. In the meantime, why not check out the Girl Museum website and take a look at our other exhibitions about girls and girlhood. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website. 